Welcome in. You are listening to the Blue Notes podcast, a presentation of Indianapolis Colts stories and notes. I'm your host, Benjamin Taylor. Colts fans, have I got a surprise for you. In this week's episode, we have our very first interview. You should know by now that this isn't really my thing. This isn't a breaking news podcast, and I'm not much of a journalist. But I was so fascinated by one of the Colts' recent draft picks that my curiosity got the best of me. I'll share the whole story with you, but first, I want to address a bit of news. Monday, the Colts agreed to sign Pro Bowl left tackle Eric Fisher. There's plenty of discussion to be had on the Fisher signing, but I have to admit, I like it. There's a saying that I try to live by, and that is to do the next right thing. No matter how many mistakes I've made or what kind of mess I've created, I know I can still make the next right decision. Likewise, we can debate whether the Colts should have drafted a left tackle a couple of weeks ago. Truthfully, I wanted them to draft one last year, but it doesn't matter. They didn't. And so what is the next right move? Should they start Sam Tevy for the season? Should they have signed Charles Leno, whom the Bears cut loose? Or should they sign the former first overall pick, Eric Fisher? There's huge risk, no doubt about it. He is recovering from a torn Achilles injury, so that's not great. But the Colts must expect him to play sooner than later since they signed him for one year and over $9 million. I had thought that Achilles' recovery was closer to a full year, but after doing a quick Google search, it seems closer to eight or nine months. Fisher could be back by late September or early October. Eric Fisher is not guaranteed to notch another Pro Bowl or even finish the season, but given the circumstances, I think it was probably the next right move. As I've mentioned in a recent episode, I live in West Virginia. Although I currently live in Huntington, I grew up in South Charleston, which is a suburb of Charleston, our capital city. Long before I was born, my mother attended a small private school in Charleston called Morris Harvey College. The school sits on a beautiful campus right on the river across from our state capitol building. Shout out to my mother, by the way. She listens to every episode and says the same thing every time. She says, I have no idea who you're talking about, Benji, but you did a great job. So thanks, Mom. I appreciate it. Anyway, you may think I'm way off topic, but I'm coming full circle. You'll see. In 1978, Morris Harvey sold to the state and changed its name to the University of Charleston. Again, it's a beautiful school, but it hasn't really been on my radar my entire life. It's a Division II school, and unless you have a friend or a cousin playing for the team, you never hear about them. I did attend a basketball camp there when I was 14 years old, but we'll leave that in the past. 99% of West Virginians worship at the Church of West Virginia University. The Mountaineers. It's a religion in 54 West Virginia counties. In fact, the only corner of the state that follows Marshall University, my alma mater, is in Huntington. I grew up a Mountaineer fan, much like everyone else in the state. Then I attended Marshall University. I quickly learned, after all the heartbreaking losses to WVU, that I could no longer root for both teams. So then I cursed the Mountaineers and I pledged my heart to the Marshall Thundering Herd. But that's it. Those are the only two West Virginia collegiate programs I've thought about for my entire life. To this day, I know very little about the University of Charleston. Then, like all of you, I went to a friend's house to watch the NFL draft Thursday night, April 29th. 
And my friend Dave, who actually works for UC and hosted our draft gathering, said, look out for Michael Strawn, one of our players. He's going to get drafted. He actually mispronounced his name, but I won't tell you how he said it. Um, but anyway, Dave acknowledged my confusion and explained who Michael Strawn was. And then I went back to worrying whether the Colts were going to draft a left tackle or defensive end with its first pick, and I quickly forgot about whatever player Dave was talking about. Well, as you probably know, two days later, the Colts drafted Michael Strawn, the 6'5 track star wide receiver in the seventh round. And I have been fascinated by this pick ever since. A 6'5 track star receiver in the seventh round. How did that happen? How does a guy like that fall through the cracks? I became dumbfounded by this story, by the improbable journey of a player like that coming right through Charleston, my hometown, and into the NFL draft without hardly a whisper. It was a mystery. He traveled through my neighborhood and landed on my doorstep, chosen by my beloved Colts. Well, Michael's story is unique. It starts in the Bahamas, where he was born and where he spent his childhood years. He played football there, but he knew if he wanted a future with the sport that he had to come to the U.S., and so he did. He traveled to the States to finish his final two years of high school at Liberty Christian Academy in Lynchburg, Virginia. While there, Strawn was molded by an established coach with championship pedigree. The guidance he received and some local connections helped him land a spot on UC's roster. Understandably, the Bahamian-born wideout has played very few years of organized football and comes to Indy as a true prospect. He enters quite a crowded room of receivers and is perhaps a long shot to even make the team. But he has traits you cannot teach. Although Strawn came to the U.S. to play football, he became quite the track star while at UC. Strawn explained that he ran track just to stay in shape in the offseason. At UC, Strawn set several school records, including the indoor and outdoor 400, the indoor 4x200 and 4x400, and the outdoor 4x100 and 4x400. On the football field, Strawn was off to a slow start at UC. He was redshirted in 2016 and only recorded one catch the following season. In 2018, however, Michael Strawn turned the corner. He broke another school record, but this time it was for receiving yards on the season at 1,007. In the first game of the season, he scored a touchdown on a 59-yard play and finished the game with 158 receiving yards on only four catches. Strawn scored in eight of his 11 games that year and had at least 111 receiving yards in five different games. That was just the beginning. Strawn opened the 2019 season with a bang, racking up 483 yards and five touchdowns over the first three games. He scored in all but one game, amassing another school record for 19 receiving touchdowns on the season, a mark that obliterated the old record of 13 touchdowns that stood for 70 years. His 1,319 receiving yards broke his own record from the previous year. Although there was nothing left for Michael Strawn to prove at UC, he was primed to return for his senior season. But unfortunately, the fall schedule was postponed due to COVID. UC played its season without Strawn in the spring, while the emerging wideout prepared for the NFL draft. Of course, the University of Charleston, a small D2 school, did not have a pro day. 
So with hopes to continue his dream, Strawn traveled to Morgantown to participate in West Virginia University's Pro Day, and he stole the show. Reportedly, he was by far the best player there. I knew where Strawn's story began and that his journey ran through Charleston and brought him to Indianapolis, but I had to fill in the gaps. Just after the draft, I contacted Michael's high school football coach, the well-accomplished Frank Rocco. As a player, Rocco quarterbacked the Penn State Nittany Lions before signing a free agent contract with the New England Patriots in 1983. When his playing days expired, Rocco began coaching as an assistant at Penn State and in 2004 became the head coach and athletic director for Liberty Christian Academy in Lynchburg, Virginia. Rocco has been a wild success at Liberty, leading teams to multiple state championships. Rocco was nice enough to take my call and answer a few questions. Here's our conversation and the very first Blue Notes interview. Coach Rocco, a former player of yours, Michael Strawn, was just drafted by the Indianapolis Colts in the seventh round. He seems to be a fascinating prospect. Coach, let's start here. What brought Michael Strawn to you? How does the road from the Bahamas lead to Liberty Academy? Well, we, we had, uh, there, there, there was a, 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 a several uh, extended family members uh, that were coming up here originally, maybe even, I can't remember exactly, uh, some connections at Liberty University. So there, there were some of these family members that have gone to Liberty University. There was another uh, one of um, a Bahamian athlete that came here uh, just uh, ahead of of Michael and ended up, and he was a receiver as well and he ended up getting a scholarship and playing at Virginia Tech so that that was a little bit of a of a draw I believe uh, to Michael you know thinking that this would be a good opportunity for him up here as well. Strawn is more of a mystery to Colts fans. What type of receiver? What type of player is Michael Strawn? Coach is he a good route runner or just physically opposing? How would you describe him? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's been five years since I actually worked with him myself, you know, but uh, I've watched him, uh, you know, on highlights and things like that, and we've stayed in contact. But, um, you know, I could tell you he's, you know, he is a physical presence at 6'5", and, and he's put on, you know, 20 pounds or more than that probably since he's been in high school. Um, so he's a physical presence as a, as a wide out, but uh, very smooth runner. You know, the fact that he's six foot five, he's got long strides and, and, and very smooth. He doesn't look like he's ca- covering ground as quickly as he is. So he, ge- he gets up on you really quickly just with his long strides. He was a high level uh, track athlete as well. Michael seemed to come from nowhere. His rise from a D2 school was maybe not what I'd, I would expect. But when Michael was with you at Liberty Academy, did you imagine that he would be playing for the NFL one day? Did you see this in his future? Um, I, I mean, let me, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I, I know that it's a, it's a hard road, especially you know, going through a Division II school. Uh, but again, you know, going back to his his physical talents, you know, are very rare. So, um, you know, honestly, you know, getting drafted, 
you know, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I mean, that that I didn't see coming. Uh, but I definitely felt like he would get an opportunity, you know, maybe a free agent opportunity with his, with a team uh, because he, he is that intriguing, uh, you know, just with his stature. He certainly is intriguing. So for a player with his stature and track running abilities, were any D1 schools interested? Uh, yeah, he 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 actually through his his uh, senior year struggled with with uh, a shoulder injury that that kept him out of um, you know probably playing half of the games uh, and, and certainly playing at the level that that he could have played if he wasn't banged up. So um, and and like you know he he was. He was at our school, I believe, for only two years. So when he came to us from the Bahamas, I mean, he was very, very, very raw. And um, so, you know, after two, you know, he got better as he, as he was here and then the, an injury, but he kept improving. But but still, uh, you, you know, he, he was a, a project, you know, because he was so new to the game. Um, but then through, you know, his years in college, got bigger, stronger, you know, you know, added, continued more experience to his game. And, and, uh, you know, now the rest is history. How did he end up there? You see the guy, Joe Freeland, the, uh, was the re- recruiting coach down here and he's from this area. And, um, I, I, I knew Joe's dad, who was a local high school football coach in this area. So, you know, when Michael was being recruited by multiple schools, you know, most of the D2 realm, um, you know, there was a, a feel of comfort there with, with uh, Coach Freeland, and that's kind of how he ended up at Charleston. Michael Strawn has two great years at UC, then opts out a senior year, which was postponed, then he attends West Virginia University's Pro Day. I don't imagine any team before the draft knew that much about him. Beyond what I see on highlights, what, what can you tell us about Michael Strawn? What kind of competitor is he? Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's a very likable young man, very, you know, even-keeled, uh, very likable. Um, uh, you know, the, the fact that, you know, he, he has this physical stature that is unique to his position uh, I mean, from the early stages, like even when he was very new to the sport, he was very um, adept at being able to utilize his his size. And, uh, you, you know, sometimes you see big, tall receivers that still allow the ball to come down and they catch it in their chest as opposed to high pointing the ball. And uh, so Michael, you know, not only had you know, height, long arms. He also had the knack of being able to extend to catch the ball at its highest point. So uh, it just made it that much more difficult for, you know, DBs to be able to contend with him. Coach Michael hasn't been playing football all that long. I'm curious, what kind of teammate are the Colts getting? What about his locker room presence? Do you think he's much of a leader? Do you see him as a leader on the team? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, he, he at our stage of of having him, he he was really kind of new to to football. He was new to uh, you know just being a te- you know being involved with a team. Uh, so I mean, our involvement with him was all very early in his development, and and uh, you know I look back at it now, and I tell him when I talk to him, you know, I'm just so proud of him how far he's come. You know, not not that he was 
you know, not a leader, but he was just, it was all new to him. I mean, he came, he came to the, to the U S you know, Virginia, uh, from the Bahamas and, and, uh, you know, in, in two years, he, you know, he, he was in a in a high in a high school in the states. He was trying to become a college uh, athlete. I mean, it was all happening real fast, and and he really didn't have a whole lot of experience to go on. So, I mean, it it was a tremendous accomplishment what he was able to do. Coach Rocco, can you think of a moment where you were able to witness or even play a role in Michael overcoming some kind of obstacle during his time at Liberty, whether it was on or off the field? Well, you know, what I can tell you is, um, you know, in our program, we, we hold our kids feet to the fire. I mean, we, we are very demanding. And, um, you know, Michael coming here from laid back Bahamas and never really playing, playing the game before, uh, you know, I think, you know, it was a culture shock to him. To, to have such you know high intensity workouts and 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 be demanded of the way that we demanded of him, um, so I, I say that just to say, you know, the fact that he is now, you know, excelling and had excelled at the college level and now getting a, an opportunity to play um, at, at the at, in the professional level. Um, you know, I, I really believe to some extent just the the demand that was put on him at the early stages of his development is going to pay dividends because he, he knows how to push through, you know, being challenged and and uh, and high expectation, you know. So I, I really believe he's going to surprise people. Coach Rocco, it has been my pleasure talking to you today. Thanks so much for taking my call and helping me get to know one of the Colts' new draft picks a little bit better. Have a great day, Coach. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Once again, that was Michael Strawn's legendary high school football coach, Frank Rocco. Coach Rocco was gracious enough to give me a few minutes to help us all get to know the new Colts wideout a little better. So... Who is Michael Strawn? He is a tall, big-bodied, wide receiver, but he's not just physically dominating. He's a trained runner, a track star. Coach commented that he was a smooth runner and that he carried a size well. Michael's goal was to run a 4-3-40 at the West Virginia Pro Day, but he fell short of that running a 4-5-2. It wasn't the lightning speed he had hoped to score, but it was identical to what Michael Pittman Jr. ran the previous year. After the draft, Strawn explained that he was tasked with doing bench press reps before running the 40 and felt a bit tight while running and was certain he could do better. Strawn is an aggressive catcher of the football. Coach explained that he knows how to use his size and can go get the ball rather than letting the ball come to him. The rookie wideout has played very few seasons of organized football. He's still a raw prospect, but he is learning fast. That much was seen in his meteoric blast from his freshman year to his sophomore season at the University of Charleston when he went from totaling one catch in 2017 to breaking a 70-year-old record in 2018. With Strawn, the Colts should expect to see another gigantic leap, but it could take some time and patience. This storyline will be something to monitor throughout training camp as Strawn tries to find his way in a crowded wideout room. There are likely no more than six spots available, and T.Y. Hilton, 
Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, and Zach Paschal all have their tickets punched. That leaves anywhere from one to two spots for Desmond Patman, Michael Strawn, Ashton Doolin, and perhaps to Michael Harris. Doolin and Harris both have played special teams and could nudge out Patman, Strawn, or both if the numbers get tight. Like many other Colts, the Bahamian wideout has a unique story and high character. A nagging injury in his senior year of high school twisted his road and led him to a D2 school and kept him for the most part out of the national spotlight. This forgotten injury could prove to be a hidden blessing for the Colts, who were able to get the wideout with a pick in the seventh round. In his post-draft interview, Strawn asserted that he is the steal of the draft. And I think he could be right. This was a presentation of the Blue Notes Podcast. I'm Benjamin Taylor. Thanks for listening. Something to say I just thought